Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Hello, I'm fortunate to be joined by two colleagues who are new guests to IRI's Growth Insights podcast, Bob Morales, uh, Principal and Produce Team Lead here at IRI, and Kate Almendinger, Consultant with the Fresh Center of Excellence here at IRI. And I'm picking up today, or we're going to talk up today about some of the topics that were presented in their recent webinar, Fresh Produce in the Era of Inflation and Beyond, which is available at iriworldwide.com. So Bob, I'm gonna start with you. And we're all seeing inflation. We're seeing inflation at the gas pump, at the at the grocery store. Um, and you're gonna tell us a little bit what, about what's happening in fresh and in produce in particular, because I think it's not, Prices are up, but it's not a smooth price increase across the board. So can you tell us what you're seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of things to point out is sort of what we talked about uh, on the webinar itself. It's sort of the perception of what we're seeing, asking our consumers, asking our shoppers what they're seeing in the marketplace. And month over month, they continue to see the rising cost of produce. And in fact, we see it across many fresh items as well. Um, But the interesting part of that is, I think what you were alluding to is that even though we're seeing the rising cost, the impact it's actually having on certain types of commodities is different. And I think that's a little bit has to do with how sensitive people are to certain fruits, to certain vegetables. Um, they're less sensitive to what I think I would probably classify as more of staple items. So on the fruit side, things like apples and bananas, and maybe on the vegetable side, more of the uh, bag salads, things that you're more accustomed to buying similar to milk, eggs, et cetera. Um, They both have really long tails. In other words, you know, there's a lot to choose from, from the produce side as well. Uh, specifically on the fruits and vegetables side. So the further you're filling your basket, the more and more sensitive I think you're going to get to those rising costs. Um, It's from a supplier standpoint, we're definitely seeing the positive in that in terms of the dollar growth. But if you start peeling back beyond dollars, volume is really being impacted in a lot of these commodities which I think in that case, that really speaks to the these unknown thresholds that are being exceeded in the eyes of the consumers where they're still buying the items, but they're not buying it at the same rate as they were in prior years. That's interesting. You know, I mean, bananas is, I, I, well, first of all, I look at fresh produce as one of those um, categories that you don't necessarily stock up on anyway, because you can't buy a year's worth of bananas at 19 cents a pound, um, even though they do, grocers do like to bundle those bananas, don't they? Mm-hmm. They forget they're small households like mine. Um, but that's interesting. So, you know, you mentioned something else, and I don't know if 
this is even real. But you mentioned that people kind of enter the store with a budget and that long tail. Are people filling up more in the produce section because it's at the front of the store and then maybe even curbing their spend later in the store because, ooh, I, I feel like I'm running out of money here. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have any data to back this up, but I always, the, the part that I always love about this job is that I am a consumer and I try to think of how other consumers would shop when they when I'm entering a retail room, right? So I think if you if you if you shop the way I shop, you inevitably start at produce and 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 froze it. Um, I think it's it benefits the retail and it benefits the shopper because that is part of the store that you know arguably is the most is the healthiest. All right. Um, so I think there is that idea that if you do go in a store and you do have a budget that you are spending a good portion of that, not only in fruits and vegetables, but also think about fresh as a as an entire department. So if I'm buying my fruits, I'm buying my vegetables, maybe I'm I'm buying uh, fresh bread, maybe I'm also buying my poultry, whether it be chicken or meat, uh, which also has a higher basket ring, which is going to take up more of that budget, right? And then I'll sort of, you know, weave my way through the rest of the store getting those essentials that I need. Um, so I'd like to think that um, maybe I'm biased because I work in produce, that that's where the chunk of the spend is coming from. Um, but I also think that if that's the case, retailers and suppliers have to be a little smarter in how they're able to you know, bundle potentially some of these items together um, and help educate the shoppers so that maybe they are maximizing their spend. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you. I'm all about educating the shopper, helping them, um, mm -hmm. particularly, in, and you know, you work so class, closely with um, Jonna Parker that it's like, it's all about solutions, not silos. So that is how I think about my tour around the store is that I start with these, what I consider the essentials of produce and some of the fresher mm -hmm. items, and then fill in with what do I need to complete the meal? So that's fantastic. So I want to dig in even a little bit further into some of the consumer segments that you talked about. Notably, during the webinar, I was fascinated to learn more about younger um, shoppers mm -hmm. and the different circumstances they have because younger shoppers are driving a lot of trends, but they are not a homogenous group. So can you talk to us a little bit more about the differences among these consumers and what they're interested in? Sure. Yeah, what we highlighted in the uh, webinar were households age 35. And the reason why is that we saw that their trips and their dollar spend had been growing uh, relative to other um, relative to other segments in, of the population. But you're absolutely right. You know, it's not a one, one hat or one size fits all, I should say. We could even break these down. You know, we looked at uh, households that were not married, that were single, um, that you know, they, I, I like to classify them, I think, as what I said, it's sort of the innovators, right? They looked at, they, they like to shop for, for items that aren't typically your standard fruits and vegetables, um, a lot of uh, produce herbs. And, but then if you, if you look at what they were shopping outside of produce, they were also buying more of the premium type cheeses, um, Alternative meats, I think, was one of their purchase items. So a little bit more health conscious, um, 
And then you had sort of this, this segment of the population also age 35 with kids that didn't reside in the city, that they were really more about convenience. Um, items that maybe would be geared towards kids, but also maybe there was a sense of uh, adults being able to indulge in something like that. And then finally you had a third segment that was sort of the hybrid of the two. They were, they were households residing in the city, but also had kids. Um, so they were also looking for that convenience factor, but there seemed to also be more of this uh, healthier halo with them. Uh, and they were buying items that were very similar to those households that didn't have kids. So things like those um, uh, non-traditional type of fruits and vegetables, along with the convenient fruits and vegetables, so like the bananas, the, uh, uh, the, the apples, uh, the berries, but then looking at uh, things like, you know, Brussels sprouts and, and sprouts and, and other items within that fresh area that really, you know, leaned itself towards or led, led itself towards, um, um, you know, more, more of a, you know, a different type of shopper that was looking for something different. You know, it's interesting because one of the things that we observed during the pandemic was all these new, this new generation of cooks. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of these shoppers are people who gained new cooking skills and invested heavily in the kitchen throughout the pandemic. And it's interesting to hear you talk about things like herbs and stuff, because that tells me they're still cooking from scratch. They are. And what's interesting is I, I, I I think I saw a number at the start of the year that was something like 45% of cookbook sales, sales of cookbooks were up 45% in the last quarter, right? So it's, it, and I, again, I, I mentioned earlier about me being a shopper, me being a consumer. I could tell you that there are probably cookbooks that we took off the shelf that had to be dusted off, but are now items or now books that we frequent because I think there was that idea of eventually you kind of got bored of the same meals over and over again, but you had very little choice. You could go out to eat, but there's also that idea that, if, you know, I'd rather entertain. I'd rather just make a meal from home. I have the ingredients or do I need to go get these ingredients? And it became more of a hobby versus a chore. Um, so I kind of like that idea and you are absolutely correct in that it will be interesting to see as we started to enter these summer months, Will folks continue to want to cook from home, make meals from home, or are we at a stage where, you know, we're all itching to travel, we're all itching to get out of our homes, um, more so than we were last summer. I think last summer we saw a bit of a, uh, a, a jump in people, you know, being more mobile. I think this year will be being more interesting, but on top of that, we have, you know, inflation, not only in grocery, but also, you know, outside of that. So it will be an interesting uh, situation that we're headed into. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with you completely. We're, it's always interesting. I mean, that's why we're in this business. It's always interesting to observe what's happening with consumer behavior. Um, Kate, I want to kind of bring you in on the conversation because you talked a lot about produce. And even as um, Bob was saying that, hey, you know, some of these um, younger households, like the singles and maybe the, the young marrieds with children, they're still buying a lot of herbs and things like that. We are still looking for convenience. So how does 
produce respond to that need for convenience? Yeah, absolutely, Joan. So, you know, something I want to touch on that you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast was that, you know, this is a recession that we're experiencing where we're having these higher increased costs of food in store. And there are other factors as well that are influencing us during this time. So a lot of the questions that Bob and I receive are around, well, how is this time, this recession, similar to the past recession in, in 2008? And you know, because a lot of our clients in the space during recessionary times see shoppers shift to a more value-minded product. And of course, you know, within fresh and within produce, we are seeing some of this. But because of a lot of those outside factors, things like higher gas prices, higher prices in housing, higher costs in automobiles, we're feeling pressures a little bit differently um, than we have in past recessions. And I think a piece of that does tend to push shoppers, you know, to have more meals at home. And we are seeing that uh, maybe different from past recessions that consumers are having more of those meals at home. And we're seeing kind of an uptick from um, where we were this time last year um, with the inflationary costs. So different from what we saw in, in other recessionary times, Premium products and products that offer solutions are doing really well um, within the produce department. You know, this this does include items like a fresh herb versus buying um, a dried seasoning in that aisle of the store. So within the fruit area of produce, we're seeing that products like berries that are traditionally a little higher and cost points are doing exceedingly well um, and consumers are continuing to put those products in their basket. Um, in the vein of, of convenience and solution-minded products, both mixed fruits and mixed vegetables have been doing uh, really well and seeing double-digit growth. So mixed vegetables are up 10% in dollars first year ago in the latest year and mixed fruits are up 34%. So these are really large growth numbers. And, um, you know, these products, uh, how IRI defines them is typically pre-cut. So removes one of those steps for that end consumer in terms of um, getting a meal on the table and just having a product that's ready to eat. Within vegetables, especially, we're seeing that products like prepackaged salads are really driving the majority of the growth in that category. So salad kits are up 9% first year ago, and this is in light of an 8% pricing change. Um, they're really driving a lot of growth in that arena. There's been a lot of innovation, new products, flavor profiles, um, and it's a space that consumers are, are really leaning into produce to help them get a meal on the table and solve for an occasion. You know, it's interesting. Well, first, I want to have one little clar clarifying statement here. We're not officially in a recession. We are at where, I mean, it feels like it. It feels like a recession. And you're absolutely right. Our behaviors are very, very much mirroring what we did see in the Great Recession. So you're spot on there. But I want to clarify that. And you're also, I, I really am liking this and in, in thinking of some of these um, value-added products. You know, KK DeVay earlier this week um, hosted a growth management in a high inflationary period, another webinar that's available on our website. We've just, we're chock full of them. But he mentioned that convenience, how we define convenience is changing a little bit. 
you know, back during the Great Recession, we define convenience by ready to eat or um, on the go. And now, and I'm hearing this from you right now, it's more of easy meal prep, make it easier. You're talking about salad kits really driving value or growing both volume and sales. Um, so in, despite inflation, and think about all those bowl meals that people are adopting. And it's like, this is taking out a huge step for them. Are you seeing anything interesting, Kate, in, in like specifics of some of the innovation that's happening with um, maybe salad kits or any of the other value-added produce? That's a great question, Jen. And we are seeing that, um, to your point, that convenience products that are pre-made, um, for example, in deli prep are doing really well as well. So it's kind of how consumers define convenience, whether it's that ready-to-go meal or whether it's just kind of one step removed and, and a little bit closer to having that meal prepared. Um, so there's products kind of across the grid that are having a lot of success in this convenience space. Um, specifically in terms of innovation for produce, I think there's a lot of opportunity for products to kind of shine through, um, especially since we're seeing that a lot of consumers are looking towards a more flexitarian lifestyle. Um, this is a trend that we've been tracking along with our partners at 210 Analytics, where you know, over the last decade, more and more consumers are saying that they identify as being flexitarian. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that they're taking their meat dollars and buying products like meat alternatives. There's a huge opportunity within the produce space to fulfill that need and have products available for the consumer. And this can be done in a couple of different ways. Um, that could be more of these value-added products, such as a cauliflower pre-cut with a seasoning packet to turn it into a cauliflower wing. Um, or this could be in terms of just marketing differently within the produce department to help show consumers as they're walking through the produce aisles, how produce can really fulfill that center of the plate meal opportunity for them um, as they're choosing more of their meals in this kind of flexitarian environment. We are seeing other products throughout the store um, offering some of those very solutions. So why not start with produce? You know, why not um, encourage people, even if it isn't center of the plate, make the whole plate more interesting. Um, maybe add some grains to some of those um, salad kits or, you know, meat or even um, meat substitutes to kind of make, create a, create a new bowl. All right. Well, thank you so much, both of you. I just want to kind of um, highlight a couple of the things that I learned today, um, that there are we are definitely living through inflation and we're trying to work our way through it. Um, we're seeing in the produce area in particular that people are less um, sensitive to prices from a lot of products, um, the, some of the staple items. But then even as Kate mentioned, some of those value added products like uh, mixed berries and mixed vegetables. Um, Bob, I loved your comments about the younger households, like those 30, age 35-ish households, um, the singles, the suburban marrieds with children, the urban marrieds with children, and how these are part of that new generation of cooks. And while they are driving a lot of growth, um, they have very different behaviors, but fresh is very much a focus for these people. And we're all going to be watching to see what our behavior looks like. Um, we know that 
at-home dining or at-home meals is still perceived as a better value than away from home. But we're moving into summer and we're going to be more mobile and we want to have the convenience that goes with it. And a lot of that is healthy convenience. So what a great place to start, but in the produce aisle. So with that, I want to thank you both for your time. And I hope you'll come back again and join me another day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insight. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.